everyone, I'm Larissa Russell of Creative You, and I'm your host of the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here's where we talk about the connection between creativity and healing by interviewing amazing creatives, spectacular healers, and inspiring people who have used creativity in their healing. What does it mean to be creative? What is creativity? You don't have to write a best-selling book or paint a masterpiece or even play in a rock band. Creativity is in everything that we do, in the ways we think, in the way we run a business, in our everyday lives, we are creative all the time. Let's talk about how we are creative and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally, right now on the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Hey everyone, Larissa Russell of Creative You. Welcome to the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Today I have with me April Turow. April was part of our second annual Loving Healing Creating Summit we ran in February and shared with us embracing your authentic sexual self. You can still get access to the summit at www.creativeviewhealing.com. So April lives to empower women has been doing so for over two decades. As a midwife, she has empowered women through one of the biggest transformations of their lives, their transition to motherhood. April is also an experienced coach and a large group facilitator who inspires her community. She's committed to a continuous process of leveling up, and she's built her entire life around this principle. April has embraced and studied extensively the magical side of her sexuality for over 20 years and is now combining all of her talents into the sacred sisterhood of sexuality, an online community of female-identified people to witness and encourage each other to embrace their authentic sexual selves. So welcome, April. Thank you for having me, Larissa. This is so much fun. Yeah, I'm excited. So Mm -hmm. can you share some of your story and the path that's brought you here? Sure. Uh, My story is quite varied. I've had many different careers. Um, And uh, this is kind of where I'm at now. And I really feel like this is kind of my culmination of all of my life's work. So I started off kind of out of university and college as a massage therapist. And I love the healing, hands-on work with direct one-to-one with clients. I then got into some coaching. And so I've been coaching for 15, 20 years in the personal growth and personal development world. Um, and then I went on and became a midwife, and I loved that. So, um, But I had to leave for various reasons. Um, and so a lot of my life I've been coaching people in, in healing, in wellness, in sexuality, and lots of different things. And my own personal journey, I have been studying sacred sexuality for two decades. So um, I love that I get to combine all of that together into the sacred sisterhood of sexuality. So it's an online community. I'm having lots of fun with it. And uh, yeah, we're, it's just a really great place to come. I create red tents, hence my nice red background. Um, a red tent is a, uh, hmm. there's a book called The Red Tent, which talks about long time ago in biblical times that in nomadic world, uh, we would, the, the women would all menstruate together at the new moon. And so they would have a red tent where the women would go and menstruate together and be separated from the rest of the the men and the rest of the community and um, what was great about the red tent is that was a place to come with your women folk to learn and have the secrets and have the mysteries passed back and forth so um, my online sisterhood has red tents where we meet in the red tent tent, and we share our secrets and we share our mysteries and we learn and we delve into what is sexuality what is it to be a woman what are the sacred things that are about being a woman in our sexuality So that's what it's all about. And in the red tent, what happens is people uncover a lot of the blocks they have around their sexuality and we free them up so they can be 
the most authentic sexual self they can be. And a lot of people have no clue what that even looks like. So that's where we start is in the red tent. I love that. I love that. I think it's so important. So important. It really so. is. When, when my daughter um, entered puberty and she had her first blood, we had a big ritual and uh, we, her and I had talked about it for years before she finally had her first period. And so when she had her first period, it was an exciting thing for her. She was so excited. And what was great is that we, we created this ritual where we actually created a red, a red tent in our house and invited all the women that were important to her. And we had this beautiful ritual. And what came out of it was all these women were just like, thank you for this. I needed this. I needed a place where we could come together and, you know, celebrate being a woman and celebrate our periods and celebrate firsts of everything. And, and like a lot of women in that circle came to me and said, this felt like an initiation for me. And I just realized how important that is to have that sacred container where we as women can come together and, and really embrace being women together. Yeah. I think, I think it, it, especially now as we're sort of trying to as women trying to break out of that masculine mold that we've been sort of pushed into if we want to be a part of the world right so mm -hmm. we want to be working women we have to do that masculine thing and so I think this is really important to sort of embrace that feminine and 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 understand yeah. our own selves it, right. it is so important because success in a masculine patriarchal world is very different than success in a feminine nurturing world. So mm -hmm. it's, um, it is really good to see that and to really explore it and explore what works for us. And, you know, as we know, sexuality has been so, um, hmm, uh, <laughs> I don't know the proper word of it, but not what sexuality could be. It has just mm -hmm. been morphed into this commercialized, Let's use it for our own gain. Let's um, make it very male dominated visual. And so a lot of women don't even understand what it means to explore their own sexuality. So for me to provide that space, you know, I've got the healthcare background so I can talk about the health and safety of it all. You know, I've got the coaching background so I can really help people unblock their, their blocks. Plus I got the sacred sexuality background where I know what's possible. And there's so much mm -hmm. possible in sexuality that we are just, even me who's been studying for 20 years, I feel like I'm just skimming the surface. So um, yeah, there's so much potential in our sexuality and I really love exploring it. So. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what, what does healing with creativity mean to you? It's a good question. And uh, when you when we originally talked about me being part of the summit, I was like, hmm, what is the connection? And when I really started to think about it, it's huge, right? Like, so a question I like to ask, and I asked it in the summit is, you know, how creative is your sexuality? Mm -hmm. What do you mean? <laughs> how sexual is your creativity? Wait, what? <laughs> and they're really so linked, like creativity and sexuality are are so linked if you if you're in the energy world you know in the same chakra the same you know the root chakra the sacral chakra that's where creativity and sexuality comes from and really there's no more creative powerful force than sex that's what creates life right it's like well i mean i know in today's world it can happen without sex <laughs> but for generations how we normally create how we create human life is through sexuality right so there's so much force there so um, so creativity and healing, that's what you were asking about, right? So I actually mm -hmm. use sexuality and the creativity in my sexuality for healing. What does that happen? So have you ever, this is getting really personal or something, not just be asking me directly, but more of our listeners, but have you ever had such deep, intimate, connected sex? It's just really rocking. 
and you end up in bursts of tears, like tears just start flowing and flowing and flowing, right? And then we're like, oh my God, this is weird. Oh, stop this. This is sexual. I shouldn't be feeling this. I shouldn't have these emotions. No, 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 no. That's beautiful because that energy of sexuality just courses through your body and opens up energy blocks. We hold so much in our bodies. We hold a lot of trauma in our bodies. We hold a lot of emotions in our bodies. And so when you're sexual, not only are you the physicals there, but also the energetic is there and it can free up this and these emotions can come out. I have had probably my most profound healing in a sacred sexuality ritual. I was, um, personal note, I was infertile. I went through 17 years of infertility. Mm. That's a lot of years of infertility. I mean, off and on, but I did everything. IVF, this, you name it. I went the whole gamut. And um, once we said, okay, this is, we set the line in the sand. We said, this is our last round and that's it didn't work. So then it was like, what do I do now? Like, I felt like I had this huge gaping hole of this label of I'm a barren woman. I will never get pregnant. What does that mean? Who am I as a woman? What does that mean about my sexuality? Do I have worth? Like all, if anybody's gone through fertility, they know all those questions that come up. And I was like, how do I heal this? And I had really come to the acceptance that I'm just going to have this gaping wound my whole life. And, you know, I'll never go to a baby shower. I'll never be grateful for other people having babies. It'll just be this big gaping wound. And being a midwife, of course, I was around birth all the time. So it was like, how do I like come to some kind of conclusion or anything like that? And, and unbeknownst to me, um, <laughs> spirit had a different idea. They're like, no, 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 you're not going to carry this around. And I went into the sacred sexuality, the sacred sexual ritual no intention with this on my mind and this came up and in one ritual i completely healed 17 years of infertility in one ritual done complete like to the point where i could talk about it easily like i am now there's none of the hooks there's none of the emotional triggers associated with it it's just like yep this is who i am and it was the most beautiful thing and i didn't know that that's what was possible with sexuality does that make sense? Like, did like literally mm-hmm. 17 years of a journey that I had gone to counseling, I had done all these things and one ritual and got complete. Like, so thankful for that to come into my world. And so I want to just teach that, that poss- what's possible. And so the healing and sexuality and the more creative you get with your sexuality, the more possibilities are available to heal, to manifest, using sexuality to manifest. Woo, talk about powerful. The new house that I'm in right now, all set up in a sacred sexual ritual. So... <laughs> And having a house at this point in my life was not possible. Um, so yeah, so there's so much possibility in that. So I, that's where my creativity, sexuality, and healing are all combined. I, I love that. It's so funny when you were just saying that about your house. And my, the first thing that pops into our head, and this is the, that very masculine world is, oh, did you sleep with someone to get your house? It was, wasn't <laughs> exactly what I thought of. And then I was like, no, no I know. <laughs> But that's that masculine energy that we're so surrounded with, right? It's like it really is, yeah. How do you no. get things? You sleep with a man, just so they give it to you. <laughs> oh man, yeah, no, no, I did not do that. Uh, I got married in twenty nineteen. I'm sorry I if I implied that, but no, no, it's okay. But it's, it's good to have, no, no. But in twenty nineteen, I got married to my now husband, um, and in in December we planned out our whole year, and part of that one of our stretch goals was to buy a house. Like we were just newly married, it was not possible for us, so we said, well. Let's create it magically and put a lot of sex magic around it. And lo and behold, we found our house, found a way to make it happen. And here we are. So, um, yeah, it's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. I like yeah. your version better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, I didn't need to sleep with anybody to get the house. Although, you know, sleeping with him was in the cards, but, you know, I paid for it just as much as he did. So. <laughs> awesome. So what, what inspires you then in the work that you do? Oh, what inspires me is seeing the transformation in other women. Like taking a woman, female identified folk, whoever, but just like really working with them and a, getting them to see where they're blocked. Because most women, most people have no idea where they're blocked. So having them go through a process to have them see those blocks, see how it's affecting them, and then guide them through a process to get it out of their way and then to free up what's possible and then for them to create what's possible and then to get into action about what's possible. That to see them totally blossom and transform is absolutely, it's like I used to birth women into motherhood and now I'm birthing women into like their, their sexual power. And it's like, yes, that's what's so exciting. Mm, I love that. I love Mm -hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And it's so true that when you take ownership of your own sexuality, right? How much power, like that is just so powerful. So the powerful. Num- the number of times I hear women saying, yeah, but I got a lousy partner. So that's not ever going to change. I'm like, did I say anything about your partner? I said nothing about your partner. You don't need a partner. You don't have to have a partner. You can still be sexual without a partner or partners or whatever you want. Like there are so many possibilities available. So in your sexuality, I am responsible for my own sexuality. My husband is not responsible for my sexuality. And thank the Lord, I am not responsible for his sexuality. And that's a conversation we have on a regular basis. Like if our sexual drives are like out of sync, (laughs) <laughs> you go deal with yours I'll go deal with mine, deal with mine. And, when, <laughs> and when we do come together it works beautifully so um but yeah but I'm not responsible for his sexual satisfaction and he's not responsible for my sexual satisfaction so that's that's a hard one to get your head wrapped around at first because we're so inundated with my partner has to be my one and only and that's the only way it can happen and I can't be sexually pleased unless they're on the same page I'm like does it help it can, yes, but there's so much more to sexuality. It doesn't necessarily need to be with a partner. Yeah, yeah, I would agree mm-hmm. wholeheartedly mm-hmm. with that. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is something that's come up a lot with creatives and healers. And what are your thoughts on monetizing healing? Such a good question. Ugh, again, it comes from that patriarchal world, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, your value is determined by your bank account. Um, it. Uh, monetizing healing, monetizing creativity. For me, it's a value exchange. It's like, I've got 20 years of sacred sexuality under my belt. If I can teach that to you, you know, in a two month course, what's that worth to you, right? Like there's a lot that I've had to go through those 20 years to get to where I am at this level of knowing. And there's so much I still, I don't know, but I still know, you know, a lot more than some people who haven't been studying sacred sexuality and who haven't coached for 20 years and et cetera. So there's definitely an exchange. It needs to be an energy exchange. I'm somebody who's very open to alternate energy exchanges. Absolutely. Like, you know, the Star Trek ideal world is where we don't get paid, right? Where we're just adding value to the world, right? So, and, and it's a part of our world now. This is kind of the way the world works. Are you getting value? Great, but it needs to be monetized. Or, you know, talk to me, you know, pitch me. <laughs> If you really want to be in my course and the money is not something that you can do, let's talk. Like, let's create some kind of, you know, value exchange in another way. But it's just kind of the way the world works. So for me, it's about valuing our worth as healers and creatives. Absolutely. And it's also, you know, what's what will the market bear? Like what, you know, what kind of value you're adding to them and whether they'll take advantage of that or not. Because I also have found out 
But if there's no skin in the game, they don't get the transformation. Like mm-hmm. that's just plain and simple. Like I've given courses away for free before and they didn't even do them. So, <laughs> you know, or they do like one or two sessions. That ah, wasn't for me. Well, you had no skin in the game, right? But those who pay for it, let me tell you, they are sucking up every ounce and they are getting as much out of it as they possibly can, which I love because that's where the real trend, that's why I do this is to help that transformation happen, right? Yeah, so absolutely. there's got to be some skin in the game as well. So I can see it from both sides. And, you know, if we're talking about a value exchange, there's still skin in the game there, right? So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So then what is the creative healing modality that you use the most for yourself? Oh, sex magic hands down absolutely it is it's my first go-to if I'm feeling down if I'm if I'm working through something whatever it's my safe place so I open circle and have some fun get the energy moving um (laughs) and then just allow to come up whatever comes up um so I mean part one of the things that I really teach a lot is um releasing expectations the magic can arise So many of us have so many stories and so many expectations about what sexuality should look like, what it should feel like, what it should be like. And that's what gets in the way. But when you can really just let that go and just really open up, then magic is, that's when magic arises is when, wow, I didn't know that was possible. Oh, wow. What was that? That felt really good. Let's do that again. You know, like it's so, it's something that it's, it's easy to talk about a lot harder to implement because we, because we live inside of those expectations all the time. And that's where all the disappointment comes from. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've gotten yeah. off topic, but yeah. No. <laughs> what, what was the question again? <laughs> What's the modality Thank I you. use? Sex magic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's my, it's my safe space. Like I can open up circle and like open up a ritual and, and, and just be in that space and whatever arises, I can cry. I can be angry. I can, I can do whatever and it just, I always feel better in the, at, at the end. <laughs> always feel better in some way or I come out with a new understanding or new messages or new inner knowings that I didn't see before. So that's, that's my go-to is definitely sacred space for sure. Mm. I love mm. that. A little different than a lot of um, the answers I've gotten before for sure, <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> I think, I, I'm always saying creativity is in everything we do. It so, really, and and every ritual I do is so different, right? Like there's there's kind of like a standard. This is how to open circle, and this is how to close circle, and that kind of stuff, which is great because it just kind of aligns your attentions. But I don't need all that stuff anymore. I just I can just declare that this is sacred space, set my intention, and then see what occurs. And it's the creativity in that is is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So what would you say you're proudest of in your life? Oh, man, so much. Uh, my daughter, for one, because <laughs> having the 17-year infertility journey, uh, we adopted her from Kazakhstan, so she's an international adoptee. She's 21 now, and she is absolutely the light of my life. Um, so proud of her, and she's just, she's got her head on straight. She's really smart. She's finishing her last year of university and uh, off to grad school she's just she's fantastic uh, but when you when you sent me this question beforehand I'm like hmm what is the thing I'm most proud of and I I gotta say it's probably my conscious relationship with my husband so we've consciously created a relationship we've both had previous relationships I and mean, who hasn't um, and we consciously chose to make this new 
to really see what was possible and to create it together. Everything from how we live on a day-to-day basis to um, writing our wedding vows. We went away for a weekend. We had a weekend retreat to write our wedding vows because we wanted our vows to be a conscious creation of who we are and who we are to each other and what you can count on you for. And that was amazing. And to this day, people are like, yours was like the best wedding ever. And (laughs) where that comes from is just really setting the intention, which is all what magic is, is setting the intention, putting the emotion behind it, raising some energy and releasing. So, um, so that's kind of what I've done in my relationship. And it's, people are always coming to me saying, oh my God, you guys are like, you're like really in love. I'm like, yeah, we really are in love. And, it, and we work on it every day. We generate that every day. So I got to say my conscious relationship with my husband is probably the thing I'm most proud of. And my daughter, they're you know, even Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you make a good point about relationships and how it is work right? Mm -hmm. People think Mm -hmm. you, you, you find your person and then everything is just supposed to be fine, but that's, that's not reality. Relationships are work. And if you want a good relationship, you have to keep working on it. Right. Unfortunately, you can't do it yourself. That that's the, you know, but well, you can work on you. You can work on you, which tends to help relationships as well. So I've worked with people where they thought they were in a dead end relationship and their partner was not open to coaching. Um, and so I just worked with the one person and it actually transformed their relationship. So when people really get responsible for the relationships, like I get that I'm a hundred percent responsible for my relationship with my husband, mm-hmm. whatever he puts in is gravy, but I'm a hundred percent responsible for how our marriage is. And when yes. I take that, like I'm not codependently responsible for him and his happiness or no, no, no. I'm responsible for our marriage. I'm responsible for doing the work. I'm responsible for checking in. I'm responsible for like really being with each other and creating that space for each other and creating that sacred space for each other that, that I know works. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So it's a different way to look at things. Some people are like, you know, it's his responsibility or her responsibility. And it's like, "Mm, look here first, because that's really where the power lies to change anything. Well, and that, that's so true because I mean, you can't change other people, but if you change they have to change, right? Like yeah. that's just it. Yeah. How it is. They change or they leave. That's how it I is. Ha- <laughs> I have a different view on love as well. I think my view on love is love is a function of acceptance. So my job is to accept him a hundred percent for who he is right here, right now. That's my job to love him. That's my active act of loving is, is how can I accept him for exactly who he is, exactly where he is. And that can be hard for people, especially in our, in our world. I don't know how it happened, but women, we have it that we need to fix and change them. That's the worst mm-hmm. thing you can do. That is a recipe for disaster. So my job is to, how do I accept him totally hundred percent for who he is? He's got his ups and downs. He's got his foibles. He's got his blocks and his whatever. And my job is to accept him hundred percent for who he is because I've given my word to that. And when I stand in that space and I accept him hundred percent for who he is, giving up all expectations so that magic can arise. That's when it's like, oh my God, I'm so in love with him. <laughs> so I'm generating that love. Like, wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. that. I love that. Mm-hmm. So if you could change one aspect of our society through your work, what would it be? Oh, for the world to get the power of sexuality. Because we have morphed it into something that it is so not. And the magic and the power that's available is like, I really believe if people were truly authentically sexually themselves, 
this world would be a completely different place. Like we would be living dreams. We would be more passionate about life. We would not be holding ourselves back in areas that we hold ourselves back in. We would just be like out there doing our thing. So um, yeah, really unleashing the, the power of sexuality because it's so, it's, what blocks us sexually is usually what blocks us in life. So mm. let's look at that. <laughs> it's a really great, it's a really great vehicle for learning what's really blocking you in life. I like that. Actually, it makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, let's get honest. A lot of us have trauma in that area. A lot of us have, you know, bad experiences in that area. And so that sexuality has been really shut down. And, you know, religion has told us we're not allowed to talk about it. Or it's like only happens between a man and a woman, you know, in holy matrimony kind of thing. And then it's not supposed to be talked about outside of that. What? No. How are we supposed to learn? How are we supposed to grow? How are we supposed to you know, explore who we are as a sexual person. I have nothing against religion, please. Like, you know, your religion is your religion, but let's really look at how is this impacting my sexuality? And, you know, is it for the better? Is it for the worse? Is it working for me? Is it not working for me? Is it serving me? Is this not serving me? If it's not serving me, let's like really start to open up. And then also like once, you know, if that is your religious beliefs, once you're married, who do you talk to? How do you learn? Because, you know, especially if you're both virgins on your wedding night, not that that happens much anymore, but apparently it does. Like, where are they supposed to learn this from? Porn? That's the worst place to learn about sexuality. Don't get me wrong. Again, I don't want to knock porn. It's got its place for things, but it is created for man's visual cortex. That's what it's created for. 98% of porn is made specifically for men's visual minds. And women, that's not the way our sexuality works. So it just creates so many problems. And that that's a whole podcast in itself. If you want me to talk about how porn has affected our sexuality. <laughs> But it's really, it, I, I find it so sad because that's all people know about is is porn. And then they try it and they're like, well, I didn't like that. Oh, I must not like sex. And then they just shut everything down. I'm like, no, 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 no. There's so much more available in a safe place where you feel loved and nurtured and taken care of. Like there's so much more out there. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And play and have fun. Play and have fun. Yes, <laughs> please. It's all about pleasure and enjoying your body and enjoying the feelings and what's possible. And it's just never, it's never explored. So my mission in life is to get people to get rid of their blocks and their, their expectations and let all that go. So the magic and what's possible with sexuality can really arise. Because, man, I feel like I'm only like scratching the surface and it's been so powerful in my world like so powerful yeah yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. so have you struggled with imposter syndrome in your work and if so how have you gotten over it (laughs) yes 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 who hasn't right wow such a good question um how do I get over it that's always a good question I like to keep myself in communication a lot I've got accountability groups that I talk to one on a weekly basis. Um, I've got other, I've got people I talk to on a regular basis of, you know, this is what I'm out to produce. This is what I'm creating. This is what I'm stopped with. I've hired a coach. So I've got a coach right now that I'm working with on certain things. So it's uh, get the help, get the help, get the help. The best thing that gets me over it is when I just talk to people. I'm like, I totally know what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, hello, I've been a healthcare professional for 20 plus years. I've been coaching people for 20 years. I've been studying sacred sexuality for 20 years. I think I'm qualified. <laughs> right? so, so yeah, where, where I get caught in the imposter syndrome is the, I don't know social media that well. How am I going to, how am I going to look as good as the next person? It's like, oh, just stop. 
do what I know, put my word out there, know that the people that are meant to find me will come find me. If I just keep getting the word out, keep getting the word out and it will attract, the vibe will attract who needs to be attracted to it. And, you know, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I know that. And that's okay. <laughs> the people, the people I want to work with are people who I really, who really want to work with me. That's who I want to work with. I don't want to work with people who are just kind of trying it out or no, no, no. I want what she's got. She's, you know, she knows what she's talking about. I want to work with them. That's like, I want that kind of, ugh, I want that. If, the, if I'm not gelling with you, I'm totally okay with that. And I got to just keep reminding myself of that over and over and over again. <laughs> so that's so far what I've come up with, with imposter syndrome. And then also, you know, I really feel, I don't know if you've read Liz Gilbert's book, Big Magic. Have you read mm-hmm. Big Magic? Yes. I love, love her theory of how there's these big ideas floating through space and she just kind of grabs onto them and channels them in. I totally feel like the sisterhood is absolutely absolutely 100% a big magic idea and I'm like I better move with it because if I don't somebody else is going to take it so I'm moving I'm moving I'm making it happen and here we go we're growing and growing and growing so um so yeah I didn't want anybody I just I just wanted to I felt it was given to me and I'm just channeling it through and let's go let's have some fun and we're I'm having such a great time with it and the community is just I'm always amazed by how awesome the women are oh I love that and it's true all women all women, if you say you don't, you're lying to yourself. All women struggle with imposter syndrome at some point. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm sure there's even some men. I don't think it's as much a masculine energy thing, but I do. uh, I'm sure there are some men that do. Oh, I'm pretty sure they do. They just cover it in a different way. For us, women, we tend to to turtle and shell and, and, and go into paralysis. Men go into push more, push more, push more. I got to get out of there. Go, 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 go. I have to prove myself, prove myself, prove myself, prove myself. Because underneath it is the imposter syndrome of I'm not good enough. I don't know what I'm talking about. I remember um, somebody... Yeah. yeah. I remember somebody telling me just recently that if there's a job description and a man sees the job description and has about 60% of the qualifications, like, Oh, I'm a shoe in let's go. And a woman, if she doesn't see a hundred percent, tick, 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 she won't even apply. So it really is in our conditioning, right? It's in our conditioning of a man's like, I can do it. I can put myself out there. Not a problem. And women are taught to only if you're perfect, only if you look a certain way, only if you've got the perfect hourglass figure, only if this, only if that. I mean, the number of women, like <laughs> I remember before, when, before I started the sisterhood, I did interviews with women on um, just to kind of talk to them about what they think would be good and, you know, where they are in their sexual journey and all that. 100% of them said something in the realm of, if my body image were different, I would have a better sex life. I'm like, what? If I just lost 25 pounds, I think I'd feel more confident sexually. If, you know, if I just looked a different way, then, you know, then it, then it would feel better. I'm like, oh my goodness. So I'm not to abolish that as well. It doesn't matter what, you, what your body size is, what your body shape is. We are sexual beings and it is a beautiful right to explore that and have fun with it and enjoy it and express it. And who cares what your body looks like? It's a beautiful vessel that is like giving you this amazing pleasure and this amazing connection to spirit and to energy. And I could keep talking on and on and I'll stop, but yes. <laughs> so again, I, feel I love how passionate topic. you are. <laughs> I'm so passionate about it. <laughs> what, was, what was the question again? I keep getting lost. I keep going off on these tangents. We were, we so were still talking about imposter syndrome but you've that's got right it. yeah yeah 
Yeah. So yeah, and the imposter syndrome comes up in sex as well. Plus also, how many women do you think have faked an orgasm before? Why are they doing that? Well, because they don't feel they're good enough to deserve a real one. What? What are you doing? You're teaching them that what they're doing is okay. And it's not because you didn't have the orgasm if that was your goal. And anyways, I think that's something else I could talk about as well. But <laughs> I might get back to join your group. <laughs> not because I not because I actually feel I need that because I'm doing pretty good, but um, I've done a lot of exploring and playing in my life. So, uh, but I, I just love your energy. And I think that, you know, if I was going to learn anything else, it would, it would be, you know, from you for sure. So, so. <laughs> and, and it's not just for me. What I love about the sisterhood is that you actually learn from each other because we mm-hmm. don't talk about it. There is no safe place to talk about, Hey, you know what? I found this trick out. I don't know if it works for everybody else, but man, is it good. <laughs> You know, like who talks to you about what edging is edging? What's that? You know, getting to the point of orgasm and holding back. Mm, Why would I do that? Oh, let me tell you, there's a lot of good reasons for that. (laughs) And that builds you up to a higher level of energy. And like, there's so much that like, where do you learn this? You're not going to learn that in porn. It's like, go for the gold, go for the gold, go for the gold. And that doesn't necessarily work for us. So where are we learning these things? And we learn from each other. And that's why I love the sacredness of the red tent is, Cause that's where we come to talk and discuss. And I'm learning, I think I'm learning more from my community than they're learning from me, which I'm, that's fantastic because there's so much to learn. So yeah. So yeah. it's definitely all about cross pollination and learning things and, and uh, yeah. And, and people come from a variety of backgrounds. Some people have been, again, exploring sexuality for a long time. Some people are like, I can't believe I'm in this group. Please don't tell anybody I'm in this group. I can't believe I'm talking about this. Oh my goodness. Welcome. <laughs> all everybody's welcome and there's one of my number one rules is there's no comparison you are not allowed to compare yourself to anybody else because that is a death trap don't do it don't go there where you are is perfect if there's something you want to learn from them great but don't compare yourself to somebody else because that is that's absolutely a death trap too yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. so do you have an inspirational quote that you live by i do it's quite a popular one <laughs> but once I, I heard it like I don't know 15 years ago I guess it was 15 I don't know long time I've been living by this quote it's the Marianne Williamson quote the our greatest fear is not that we're hold on I've got it written down and of course now I gotta go and get it um our greatest fear is not that we are inadequate our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure it is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who might be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? That's that imposter syndrome you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, who are you not to be? Your plain small does not serve the world. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us, and we all let our own light shine. We, sorry, and as we let our own own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. Probably the last sentence that I really live by is how dare you diminish your light to make other people more comfortable. So for me, it's all about live your light, live your passion, be out loud. And that's going to give other people permission to, to, to let their light light shine as well. So that's one thing that I really live by until I know self be true. Obviously that's another one that I always, always love to live by is to really be true to yourself. And sometimes that's really hard. Mm -hmm. That's really difficult. So so those two are kind of my guiding lights of, you know, how can I allow myself to shine? And sometimes when you shine, people like don't like it. And, you know, there can be negative consequences, but man, it's, you got to keep shining, keep shining, keep shining. 
because if some yeah. people are intimidated by it, it's usually coming from envy or jealousy or imposter syndrome or any of those things. But it's important. Like if we all just shone our beautiful beauty and, you know, got to be ourselves, then yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So what I'd love is a world where we can all be our authentic, true selves and not have to worry about what other people think of me. What is this and what negative consequences am I going to get in that and all of that. So, mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So is there anything else you'd like to add that we maybe didn't discuss today that you want our listeners to know? I don't know. We kind of discussed a whole bunch, didn't we? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anything else I'd like people to know? Uh, Find a healer, healing modality, creativity that works for you and stick with it. Find somebody that really resonates with you. Find what really works for you. And it's okay for it not to work. Like just because it worked for somebody else doesn't mean it's going to work for you. So move on and also don't hide with moving on (laughs) because there's those people where nothing ever works. Nothing ever works. Nothing ever works. So find one that really resonates that really feels right and, and explore that and go with that for a while. I mean, I know on my own healing journey, I've gone from lots of different things from Reiki to uh, different types of spiritualities to all sorts of things. But when I found, you know, the magical world of ritual and definitely sex magic. I was like, Oh, I am so home. I am so home. <laughs> this feels yeah. so truly me. And, and I go to, I go to sacred sexuality festivals four times a year, usually <laughs> hopefully with the pit, with the, the um, vaccine becoming more readily available. Hopefully my sacred sexuality festivals will be happening soon, soon. I hope soon because living without them in 2020 was really difficult for me, but um the sacred sexuality festivals for me is where I feel most at home. And it's just such wonderful healing and good people. And we all gather together because we all have very similar beliefs and we all explore what's possible sexually, not necessarily with each other. I mean, if that's your thing, great. You don't, it's not a, it's not a festival where everybody has sex with everybody else. I mean, if you want to, that's available, but if you don't want to, that's totally welcome as well. So it's just a beautiful place to go and be ourselves and really explore what's possible. So um, so yeah, I just, what I, what I want people to know is who you are as an authentic being is so worth uncovering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's so true. And I mean, that's what I, I strive for with, you know, healing with creativity is for people mm-hmm. to just step into their own authentic selves, right? Yeah. Uncover those yeah. blocks, those things that are getting in your way, um, find your way of doing that. So yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and if you want to explore through sexuality, give me a call. <laughs> find my dudes. That's who I want to hang out with. Those are the people who I want to have fun with. Not necessarily sexually, but just to really talk with and explore, explore what's possible and explore trade secrets and what's working and what's not working and really get creative in that world of sexuality. Yes, absolutely. Well, I want to thank you so much for being here. It's been a great conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Probably a little different than what I've uh, presented to my uh, audience before. But, you know, as women, we need to uh, be open and and exploring different things. And, you know, next week I'll have something different. And so just keep exploring. (laughs) Exactly. And thank you for doing what you do, because creativity is so important. And it is absolutely so I love that we've met and that we've, you know, combined forces because it's so in alignment, like people's creativity and their sexuality is absolutely in alignment. So we both help each help people uncover their blocks and open up and see what's possible. So thank you for doing the work that you do. 
Thank you. To our listeners, we will see you again next week. And in the meantime, I wish for you amazingly creative days. And sexy days too. (laughs) Are you a daily journaler? Do you want more creativity in your day? We have two great creativity journals to start your day with. One for people who already have a journaling practice and one for people who are new to journaling. Both are an amazing way to start your day. Both make the perfect gift for a person in your life. Check out Have an Amazingly Creative Day and How Do I Have an Amazingly Creative Day. Both currently available on Amazon. Click the link below to purchase yours now.